This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled to be joined by Dr. Ghassan Jamaluddin, Chief Medical Officer of Alameda Health System in Oakland, California. Dr. Jamaluddin, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for having me, Laura. Fantastic. Before we jump into the questions, could you tell us a little bit more about your background? So uh, I'm a pulmonary critical care physician who uh, trained and spent most of my career in New York City in uh, various roles uh, in clinical and academic uh, leadership. And I came here to California about four and a half years ago to join the Alameda Health System uh, as the chief medical officer. So I still practice pulmonary and critical care, but most of my work is uh, around leadership and administration for Alameda Health System. Um, I can tell you a little bit about our system here in the East Bay. Alameda Health System is an integrated system that delivers uh, care, acute care, post-acute care, behavioral health services, uh, level one trauma center, uh, and ambulatory service, and plus the skilled nursing uh, care for as post-acute. And it is uh, more than 800 beds, and we are like the safety net for the East Bay and Alameda County. Well, fantastic. Well, I'm excited to have you on the podcast today and really learn a little bit more about the health system and what you're thinking about in terms of the future. My first question is, what are your top priorities today and how do you think they're going to change in the next year? Thank you. So uh, we have to continue to provide the vital healthcare services to our patients' population. And our patient populations are the most underserved in the county and in, in the East Bay. Uh, we treat uh, every patient irrespective of their ability to, to pay. And uh, our mission is caring, healing, teaching, and serving all. So we want to really continue to prevent those vital services with, despite all the challenges that we have faced in the past year with the COVID situation. Uh, we want to complete the implementation of the vaccination plan that we started, uh, and uh, we want to move on into the next phase of the pandemic, what I call the exit out of the pandemic, to restore services, uh, mainly services around uh, like uh, elective surgeries. We have backlogs of elective sur surgeries, uh, regular uh, health maintenance and preventive services in our ambulatory care and, you know, we have to really address uh, how uh, we are going to uh, deliver services uh, with what we have learned from the pandemic, like uh, how we are going to uh, continue to implement telehealth and use telehealth in an effective way, how we are going to accommodate remote working, and how we are going to have a patient-centered approach in terms of access uh, to health to care. So these are, these are really our priorities right now. And uh, among all of this, we have to really address what we have learned in the past year about uh, healthcare equities and elimination of structural racism. Absolutely. And I think that's a great point. I wanted to follow up really quick on the last point you mentioned in terms of addressing some of the healthcare equities and structural racism in healthcare. What are you talking about with the other leaders of the health system in terms of the big themes that keep coming up and the programs maybe you've already initiated or, or some that you're considering for the future that really could help close that gap? Yes, we have uh, initiated a program. Uh, we, we call it healthcare equity and, uh, 
and uh, uh, disparity, elimination of disparity. But basically, we are trying to get data about uh, our our outcomes and about our uh, diseases that we, we we face in terms of uh, uh, ethnic background and in terms of race and gender. And we're trying to learn from this whether the outcome is affected uh, in, in our delivery system. So uh, that's number one. Uh, we are also, uh, uh, we have already introduced actually an emblem into our mission statement to eliminate structural racism, to recognize it and address it at every single level from the boardroom to the, to the frontline work uh, throughout the system. Oh, fantastic. It sounds like you've got a great start there and really, you know, much to come. What are you most excited about right now and what makes you nervous? I got very excited. I'm still very excited about the COVID vaccine. This is really uh, the data that we got from the COVID vaccine is really almost unprecedented in science. Like within six months, we had uh, at, at least two, three, now four vaccines that are very, very effective. And that was extremely exciting after what we have experienced in the past year with this pandemic. Uh, so uh, that's, that gave us a level of excitement, you know, and uh, sort of uh, light at the end of the tunnel uh, to, to fight this pandemic. Um, I am also excited about how we were able as healthcare system to implement telehealth and to reach out to our patients in a very effective way without having the patients to come to the hospital. And I can give you examples like uh, I had, I'm a pulmonologist, so I had a patient who ran out of their medications and they couldn't come uh, to the hospital. They were afraid to come to the hospital. We instituted rapidly a system that I can uh, chat, secure chat through their chart in our electronic health records with the pharmacist and the pharmacists were able to get the medicine to their home the same day. And that was really remarkable in, uh, in, in really delivering care in a way like Amazon does it. And uh, we are wondering, you know, how much we are going to be able to do this and how we're going to be reimbursed for this, rather than having the patient come to the emergency room or come to the clinic unnecessarily in our future state. So I'm also excited about this. Now, of course, uh, knowing about the healthcare disparity was disturbing. However, it gives us a, le a level of excitement like we can address it and we should address it because it's gonna uh, have you know social social good afterwards and it's gonna really improve uh, uh, the, the the resilience and improve the health of our community. So all of these are 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 are. Uh, excitement. You know, of course, we are concerned about our funding at the federal, at the state level, because it has really started before the pandemic to shift towards value-based care. We, we call it value-based care, but it hasn't achieved that yet. It remains like fee-for-service. Now that we are really implementing this efficient way of delivering service in a patient-centered way, we, we really need to make sure that we get reimbursed for these services in the future state. 
Absolutely. I think that makes a lot of sense and really is something, as you mentioned, you know, we don't really know how it'll play out yet, but obviously important to have that right payment structures in, in place so that the health system can get what it needs in order to keep running and providing the services that you do. Yes, absolutely. Before we wrap up our conversation, I had one more question for you about leadership. Can you share three pieces of advice that you have for aspiring leaders today? Absolutely. So uh, I think the last year really has been a call on all of us as healthcare providers and as as physician leader really to to show uh, what what one can can do in 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 this in this in these situations. One is you know we have to continue to learn. Uh, we have to recognize the impact that this pandemic had on us moving forward and what did we learn from it at the personal level, at the professional level, at the social level, at the economic level, and at the cultural level. So I have learned a great deal here. And how are we going to use this learning, you know, to lead the future generation in, in, uh, in healthcare? Uh, you know, just uh, to, to give an example, I gave I gave the example about about tele telehealth and uh, and define what is of value for for the patients. But uh, we we have other issues that have emerged uh, during the pandemic, and they are going to continue to be a problem. And this this is our level of concern: is are the social and economic issues are going to affect affect people at the behavioral health level. So what are we going to do with this? And I think this is going to be aspiring for emerging physicians and healthcare leaders to learn about this and find solutions. So one is learning. Two is connecting. You know, we, we have learned how to connect in a very efficient way, in a very fast way uh, with our patients and with each other and throughout throughout the nation and even you know, outside the nation. So uh, we really need to harness ideas about effective connection. Uh, and we have to have ideas about innovation, about connecting uh, as, as, as healthcare providers, as physician leaders, and connecting with our patients. And lastly is, is uh, how much really a role we have played in helping and supporting the community. And, uh, and this pandemic uh, has been really humbling. Uh, we, have, we have learned about our resilience, but also we have learned that we can, we can come out stronger after those challenging times. So as people are talking about burnout, you know, we have to address these issues and see how we can support each other, build our resilience and, uh, and uh, move forward for our next phase in delivering care to our community. Dr. Jamaluddin, thank you so much for being here today. This has been a really fantastic discussion and I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Thank you. Thank you for having me.